Hello and welcome to another episode of the Advantage Sports Betting Podcast, where sometimes we talk about sports betting and occasionally we break down episodes of MTV's The Challenge. So that is what we are going to do today. I am joined by our weekly challenge co-host, Gibby Graves, the most frequent guest on the pod, to talk about episode 10 of the show. Kind of going to talk about episode 10, but then just really... You know, we're just having a free-flowing challenge discussion. That's pretty much the juice of it. Gibbs actually the host of today's episode. I'm going to throw him the host chair in about 30 seconds here. But I need to say two things to start us off, Gib. First yep. off, first off, what's up? What's going on? Second of all, you were right and ahead of one thing last week, which is Michelle is running the house. Like running the house, very clearly running the house. I don't know if this is one of the, your points that you had that you were going to emphasize today, but this is something that I want to say. You absolutely nailed it, and you were one week ahead of recognizing this for me, or it might be because you pointed it out last week. I was more keen and aware to it. She is Jay's number one girl. She is Corey's number one girl. She's probably Berna's number one girl. She's probably Olivia and Narice's number two girl. She is top one or two in seemingly everyone's personal list she is absolutely dominating the social game and michelle should have a waltz to the finals i'm catching on with you yeah i i was thinking about this i was like how much do you think that her position in this game because she's clearly like the most protected most like beloved person in the house is because of her relationships outside of the house like things that we can't see on camera like I feel like she's got to be really close. She talks about this with Corey. Like, we're really close off the show. But I feel like she's that way with everyone. She's talked about it with Berna this week, too. That was something I recognized. Was Berna started getting mad at her and was like, I need you as a friend. And Michelle was in another side interview talking about how she needs to be a better friend to Berna because she knows with a person like Berna, with a personality that Berna has, she runs kind of heated that she'll lose her as a friend even outside the show. So yet again, another example. We know Jay and Michelle spend a lot of time together outside the house. We've learned that Corey and Michelle are very close outside the house. We knew this to be true, whether it was like Devin and Tori last season, that she was very close with those vets as well. Michelle is dominating the social game. The other thing that I wanted to point out was I was also spot on about Olivia being fed up with the Mariah and James relationship because you know when it came deliberation time and votes calling out time everyone had their two cents to say James was like I am not going to beg for any of you uh Corey and Ed made their little pitches too and then you know, you wonder who's going to start off the voting and you just hear him from Olivia and she's like well this is really hard for me and I'm like bitch this isn't really hard for you this is exactly what you want to do. You want to start off the vote with James so that everyone falls in line because you're fed up with this. So you nailed the Michelle is controlling the house, and I nailed Olivia is very jealous of the James and Mariah situation. Yeah, I think she's fed up with it. I, I think it has – I think last week we talked about – I said that, like, I think she is fed up with it because she truly thinks she's losing a number, right? Because James is on the other side of the house – and Mariah's like came into the house with Olivia. They did the last challenge together, and now she feels like her allegiance is more with James, which it is. Like based off what, like how hard she's going for James, 
or like going to bat for James, it seems like Mariah is more team James than she is like the American uh, Olivia, uh, Michelle, uh, Jay type of uh, circle. Right. We know that Mariah is very close with Zaza now. So there's another Brit number yeah. on the James side that is getting into Mariah's corner and is a name that she doesn't want to say. And you almost wonder, Mariah's kind of at the point where she's more willing to say a Raven or a or a Colleen or someone like that who's been floating with this alliance, and she won't go against the other side of the house. But uh, interesting to see that those two topics that we brought up last week come rearing their ugly head or their beautiful face into this week's episode. Gib, let's start going through your five topics. I got no idea what's coming for me. I knew I wanted right. to talk about those two things. I don't know if I just stole anything no, on you your list. Well, before right, we get to my it. questions, there's a couple of things about the episode I want I want to ask about. First, is Berna okay? Because I was very confused as to what she was doing in this episode with uh, Michelle and getting like very upset, like seemingly kind of randomly. And I don't feel like she fully grasped what the game is, <laughs> like uh, that you can't be like protecting every single person in the show. And then like what she did earlier in the season, I'm like, dang, I don't know if Berna fully understands what the challenge is. I think Berna is one of those people that thinks her integrity is so high that it is above all else. And it's like, yo, you're in a reality TV show living in a house where people don't have access to pretty much anything of the outside world. So it's probably so boring to be in there. Sometimes you're going to have a boring week. Sometimes your friends aren't going to talk to you as much. But if that helps you get one step further to winning $400,000, Berna, shut the fuck up. Like, she <laughs> is either ass out in every challenge, and she's like, I'm a dancer, so my ass hangs out. Or she's causing a storm of an issue that seemingly has nothing to do with the game or any problems it's like i'm lonely i'm like whatever it's like you're actually doing quite fine just relax and like sink into the background a little bit i agree uh she makes for I good feel, television i feel used she's is what she's erratic saying. i feel yeah i feel used it's like all right well she, everyone's used to her credit gib she is probably the lowest rung of that alliance and probably in in challenge episodes a week or two away from being picked off because she's the last one left yeah like we're no, gonna I get agree. rid of the it's gonna come down to the colleen raven berna grouping and say you guys are being thrown in every week now and that gets to my next question do you think because those are the three the names that you just mentioned those those three women uh, I thought we're next on the chopping block, but how production has set up this this last episode and the past couple episodes is Mariah because she's now playing both more. Does she start to threaten Olivia and Michelle, and they think she is the biggest threat in the game now? You know how people get really um, caught up in like, and they get really paranoid. Is there a chance that actually Mariah might be the next woman on the chopping block because she's playing both sides? I think it comes full circle to we're going to see Michelle swoop back in and have calmer heads prevail with Michelle talking people down and redirecting the attention over to the Zaza and the Berna. And I don't think it's going to be Mariah. I think it's going to be Colleen. And I think I really want to see what happens when Raven doesn't win the daily. Raven's now won four dailies, 
and she's seemingly immune to ever being thrown in. And I think it's really important for her game that that's happened because she was pretty much close to being on the chopping block, but they've had no time or no you know opportunity to throw in Raven. And on the flip side, Raven's just sticking by the Alliance and winning every week and doing what's good for the Alliance and proving herself. She's like the female Corey right now, where she was kind of playing a dirty two-sided game in the beginning, but she's come full circle to being one of the more trusted people. So I would love to see what happens with like Raven versus Mariah when it starts getting into the like tight knit group. But I do think Colleen and Berna and potentially Zaza are going to be picked off before then if they can't straight up win any of these challenges. Cause I think we've seen car Maria's coming, right? I think we've seen her in the previews. Yeah, she's coming. Yeah, she's coming. And so we know CT's coming eventually. Uh, so yeah. we'll see. We'll um, so next question, this has to do with the mercenaries. Uh, Kylan's win over Darrell. How impressed were you with this win? Not at all. Oh, really? Okay. Why were you, were you not? Um, I was conflicted because, and, and this gets to one of the points I wanted to have, talking points I wanted to have. Is Darrell one of the most overrated challengers of all time? Because he has four wins. It's really impressive. But, like, I, I don't know what's his last win. I, I don't know what his last win was. I'll tell you season. I'll tell you what, Gib. I think I've maybe seen – I don't think I've ever seen a season with Darrell winning. So, out of all the years that I've been a challenge fan, probably close to 10 years right now, he's never, he's never won for me. So, is he overrated? I don't know. When you win four challenges in a row, there's just a prestige – put upon you and he's just a, a, a monster and he seems like he would absolutely crush in the finals and people have targeted him in recent seasons because of his success but when I look at an elimination like that like I just I just like almost nothing can impress me when it's like standing on a balance beam and trying to light things on fire by using your feet it's just one of those weird game eliminations that I don't really care to watch anyone compete in that. So, like, I was, like, ready to fast forward and just be like, all right, who ended up winning? The only reason why I didn't fast forward, Gib, is because we were doing this podcast. And lucky for me is that I noticed that, you know, Darrell calls out Mariah, which we have to talk about for the Johnny thing. Um, and we And we see, you know... What what was the what was the plot twist of TJ? Oh, that they're going into a, a challenge right now, like an hour later. So they're going to start off next episode by going straight from an elimination to a challenge. So we got like two mini surprises at the end of the episode, but specific to that elimination, like I felt it was very similar to Kylan's first one, where he's th- rolling the balls down a ramp into a bucket to beat Huey. Like it's just precision and accuracy on this big machine. And I've heard other podcasts, other like challenge players go on other podcasts and talk about eliminations and talk about how these things were. I've heard it for survivor people as well. There's often a huge discrepancy in one platform versus the other. And whoever got the the easier platform to control by nature was going to win that challenge. So it's not really a Darrell versus Kyland. It's more Kylan got the spot that was easier to control. Maybe not because he was out of control too, but I don't know. Those those kind of eliminations, I don't really ever care to see. Yeah, I agree. I don't love those eliminations, but I just want to. I, I just did a, some some research on Darrell's wins, his four wins. Right, his last yep. win was 
fresh meat, which was 2006. So it's been 17, 17 years since he's won. Jeez. Because he cause won. wasn't – he was – and correct me if I'm wrong. He was – he won his four first challenge appearances, like one, two, three, four. He was four for four anytime he's ever been on the show. When TJ said at the start of the elimination, like 16-time challenger and four-time winner, Darrell, I'm like, motherfucker, what? You used to be four for four. Now you're 16, 16 uh, seasons and four wins. What happened to that goat track record? Lot and, of let's, and let's get and let's and let's dig deeper into the wins, right? So earlier seasons of the challenge, you were you never watched these, but earlier seasons of the challenge, it used to be much larger teams that would win. It wouldn't be pairs. So he won one pair, which was fresh meat, which is his most impressive win, which you can't like. That's a true win. I'll give him respect there. The other three, I think there was at least team of six to eight people who also won. Jeez. It was like it was like a huge team. So Darrell has won four times, but really has like a and I don't want to take away his first three victories, but they're not as impressive as like his fresh meat, or if you right. win solo, or if you win in a in a in a two person. So really he's he's actually won only one one challenge in which it's him and a partner and he's won zero solo wins so he also used to play in a day and an age where it was a more physical and b more emotional with like the drinking and the alcohol where he's a physical beast and a cooler head that will prevail when other people are getting heated so he'll just relax and take a back seat while other people are getting into rage fights because they've been drinking too much and then no one wants to go against him physically. So he was kind of safe from those eliminations. Now that it's more politicking, game, and strategy-based, uh, you you saw at the end, what, how does he know everyone in the house like that? How did he know? Were you wondering how he was like, these guys are working together and these people need to go for this? Like, How did Darrell know all that? Um, That I don't know. I know like... He well, the, clearly the, the the producers are telling them something, right? Because, yeah. like, and also like he brought up Johnny. Like I was like, Jesus Christ, I bring up Mariah's getting this again. Like, holy cow! Your um, thought? Wait, they did the they. I mean, I'm not going to release this podcast as a video, just a podcast. But they did the replay of Tori like three times during the episode of her talking to Mariah, and I I can't get more annoyed watching the clip why Tori would do this because you saw you see how uh animated she is she's like Mariah what were you thinking use your head he's he's heartbroken and she's like he's heartbroken use your head and I'm like dude you're it is so over the top and annoying but yes clearly the producers are filling them in because even does Darrell know Zaza because his ability to be like they need to go after her like blah, blah, blah. he he was so aware of everything that was very surprising to me. Yeah, they had they had to be filled up. That 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 was what I took. Like the producers are filling them in because um, I mean they're flying wherever they like they're flying to the place like they're on film they're they have to like be kind of informed into what's happening. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Maybe they've seen some of the footage. I don't even know, but yeah, it's it was it was surprising nonetheless. All right, so let's get to some fun questions I have here. All right, I want to get your, your, your initial thoughts on the odds 
what like you have to put numbers on them and i have mine here and i want to get your thoughts on my odds to win the challenge so we're we're turning the challenge into a prop betting and award show. Let's fucking go. Let's okay. fucking go. I was wondering what you're like. Let's get to the fun questions. I'm like, man, I've had fun for 15 minutes right now. <laughs> All right. I have two co-favorites. I have co-favorites right now. Yeah. I have plus 450. I have Horacio and Michelle at plus 450. Each of them. Okay. Yep. I I have Ben next, uh, Jay at plus 600. Absolutely not. I have Mariah next at plus 800 and Emmanuel at plus 800. And I have Narice at plus 1,000. Where's the Olivia odds? Give me the Olivia odds. I don't, I, listen, I don't, I have like, I, don't, I really want to see her win a, a, a a final, I don't know. Last last final, obviously her nose got cracked in half, so we don't know what she could really do. But I think I don't know. I don't. I'm not seeing it from Olivia. They're not okay, giving her enough is, screen time. They barely give her enough screen time. There's no way she's winning it. Okay, I understand how your philosophy is built on this, but in terms of the odds, she's got to be at least in line with Narice because she has finals experience. She's run it before. I mean, kind of. She ran like half the thing before she her ran, nose got cracked. Yeah, no, a fifth of it. She has right. no a fifth of it. <laughs> Uh, ooh, I'd be interested in 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 Zaza because if she makes the final, she's mm. going to be absolutely lethal. So give me a long shot, Zaza. Uh, Horacio, does he just? Ooh, he probably is the lead candidate for a male. But I I like I think a lot of them, Ed, Emmanuel. I think they all pretty much have a pretty even fighting chance at this point. You think so? I think I that think guys is I think the guys bracket is incredibly even throughout. I think once they get to the final, yes, but I think some guys are way more well connected in the house. Obviously, like I think uh, Corey has a, a really good shot of going home soon. Ed does too, because I mean these are the guys and James. These are the guys who are like up for elimination now, just didn't go home. And same with high so. All guys who were like kind of up for it this time, I kind of think will be, you know, the next was knocked off. I know that some were safe because they're team one, but I think those are the guys that you know were on the chopping block. And because of that, I don't think they have good odds to win. Kyland is gonna be really hard to eliminate. So I would put Kyland above Jay. I don't think Jay really has much of a chance to win because I think if he goes into any physical elimination, he's going to get smoked. And I and I think eventually something's going to come up in the finals that's going to require some brute strength where you're going to have to carry a log five miles or whatever. Uh, Raven on the girls' side, Asaf on the boys' side, people that we haven't discussed. Yeah, I think it's I think it is a Kyland Horacio, Jay Emanuel, sneaky Ed. Ed's fun. We have to keep Ed on the show permanent. I love it. Ed's, Ed's phenomenal. Great personality. Adds a lot to it. He's funny. He's one of the most yoked dudes you could think of. I think he's a guy who could gas out in the final, like get to a final. I don't know what his long distance is, but just like midway through, just be like, I, I don't have it anymore because it's just too, it's too long. But I'm we'll going to go with Kyland. I'm going to go, I'm going to take my Kyland, whatever you have, Matt, plus probably 750 on the list. Uh, I think he's going to be really hard to eliminate. I think Horacio makes the final, but loses in the final again. Okay, you think you think Horacio loses? All right, 
It's interesting. I think Hirachi is just an absolute animal. The the long distance soccer player, just a good athlete. They yeah. they love they love showing him on the show. So that's why I have him as the co favorite with Michelle, who we talked about earlier, absolutely running the house and has yep. one survivor. So I feel like she's got a winning spirit about her. So we're gonna um, learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot with these new players, with these battle for new champs in next week's episode when we have an eating challenge. Because we know how bananas can scarf things down. We know how Fezzi can barely eat. We know Corey will throw up more than anyone in the world. As soon as it goes down for Corey, it's back out. We know how these players are going to, like, Tory Deal can eat. So... Uh, it'll be exciting to see how some of these newer faces do in an eating challenge, which will then give some insight into the finals because you're probably going to get that in the finals too. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, segue to the next question I had, which would be what would be the best three male, three female mercenaries by challenge type? Now this can be like part of the final or like an elimination type. So... Like I said, for Hall Brawl, who would be your, your pick, male and female, for Hall Brawl? If it's a mercenary. Do they have to have one? No, no, no. Take that out. They don't have to have one. Any any mercenary. Anyone who's been on the challenge before. I think Fezzi's the goat Hall Brawler, right? I had Zach or Fezzi. Yeah. Zach's a good one. Zach, Zach I feel like he's too old to come in, and, or he's just a, a, a few rungs older to come in. CT would be uh, still amongst the scariest people to do a hall brawl against. Uh, Prime CT would be an absolute Yeah, monster. even now. I mean, he's yeah. still so strategic, and he's so good at using his body, even though he's got the dad bod now. And uh, honorable mention, Kyle for the hall brawl. I mean, dude is an absolute tank, has experience doing it, completely broke his finger in a weird direction the last time he did it. So you know he's not scared to get hurt in there. So I would go probably Fessy. Uh, I agree on the Zach CT calls and then low key Kyle. Uh, the only one we haven't mentioned that I thought maybe would be good was Hunter because he's just so big. Oh yeah, he's just, and he's so low to the ground at the center of gravity. Yeah. He's just a he's just like a he's just a wasn't he a football dude. player too? Baseball player, I think. One of okay, well, something. Hall brawl is kind of a football player type yeah, drill. It seems like it's an Oklahoma drill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, for girls, who do you have for that? Who's that really? Laurel? Is she unbeatable Laurel, in a Laurel was my Laurel was my number one. I don't think she can be. I don't think she can Laurel be top. Laurel versus Cara Maria in a hall brawl would be absolutely incredible. Or versus Tori would be absolutely incredible. I think Laurel would win, but Cara would have because Cara is fast, and fast so I think and strong. And speed matters here, so I still think Laurel is just like so center, strong. Center center of gravity matters a lot too. Okay. So, uh, yeah, someone like Laura, who's tall, is going to have a harder time in Hall Brawl getting lower. But she's just dominant. Can I include Lolo Jones from her Challenge USA or Challenge All-Stars? Because if Lolo is in a Hall Brawl against any of these bitches, they're all dead. No, they're not. I think, I think Lolo is really good at one thing, and that's running really fast. And I don't Casey, think... Casey plays football. She would be badass in a, in a Hall Brawl. She would be, but Laurel is so much bigger than than Casey that I yeah. think it would be really difficult. Um, yeah. Laurel seems like she's like six feet, like ready to go, all muscle. All right, next type. 
you know the you know the challenge where there's the rope and they tie it around like a uh like a jungle gym almost and then you have to untie the other persons yep i had i had two people here as my favorites one for male which was ct and then didn't i had jay, didn't jay beat ct in this yeah oh jay did but jay did but that was kind of like a weird one it wasn't like the true one where it was like in the on a box that one was like a different type okay but I think I, I honestly think Jay, Jay needs to be at damn near the top of that list. That is the perfect type of challenge for him because he's knows all of the knots to do. Jordan and bananas are also just Jordan would be incredible at that. Yeah. Jordan and the fact really that good. Jordan can do that down a hand and tie these knots that make it impossible for the competitor and then loop swoop and pull through everything. It's really impressive. That dude's a beast. The one that he won against, uh, when he yeah. had to like, no, it was no, 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 not, this was an old season, but he was going against uh, Josh, Josh, and he like knocked Josh the off most, with one. It's hit. the most epic insane. when he's holding the rope with one hand. It is the mo- one of the most epic eliminations. There's a few YouTube clips that that Jordan Wisely will live on in, in absolute famous. Infamously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Infam- what an infamous mean? Doesn't infamous almost mean it's not good? But those things were absolutely legendary. Uh, I don't know if infamy means like not good, but I just know it means it's like almost like it'll like live an immortal- on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The next one I had was eat. It was an eating one, um, and I had two guys and one girl who I don't know if, if you ever watched her play, but I had Tony and CT as the two best eaters. Tony's the best one ever. Tony used to just month whatever, like did not care. And then the girl was Paula. Did you, did you ever watch Paula? I, I she had an accent. Oh, did she have an accent? Uh, she no, not really. No, okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of something white, different. White blonde girl. No. Um, she was unbelievable. She was actually on uh, Bananas season of Real World, and then they went okay. into the oh game. yeah, she long time ago, no, before my time. Uh, but Paul was just the best female eater I, I remember. Um, I don't know if you've got I, anyone else to add to that list. I miss Tony on the challenge because dude was so much fun for television. He was a wild card. He was he was actually dangerous for everybody involved. Agreed. And would probably drink a little bit too much. I wonder how Tony would do on a non-drinking season. Do you think almost the atmosphere these years, if you brought someone like Tony on, he would be less likely to go crazy because like no one's going crazy? Yeah, and they also don't allow you to drink that much, so he's he would be totally fine. He would do great. Tony would be. I feel like now Tony would be unbelievable in the. It's like when you talk about NBA players who played in the wrong era or something, it's yeah. like Tony was in the wrong era of the challenge because if he was there now, he's an absolute beast in all the challenges. He's kind of the man that everyone really likes, but sometimes he runs way too heated and he causes problems. Where like that side would be lessened for sure. He's the Ja Okafor of the challenge. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, next one, swimming. A swimming competition, just like a straight-up swimming race. I have Wes as the best uh, male swimmer because he did in college. And then uh, shout-out to – who's the other guy that I was met? Um, he Zach. Was, he, no, not, not, he – not, not famous Zach, but you were, you were uh, talking about – This guy was on the season also with uh, Bananas and Paula – um, I'll think of his name later, but he was also a swimmer in college, just like an unbelievable swimmer. 
Um, I couldn't think. I couldn't think of any any female off the top of my head who was just like known as an unbelievable swimmer. I just know ever most of the females have been pretty good at swimming. Who's the best swimmer this season? It's a good question. Horacio. Right? I don't know. I'm, I'm just assuming Horacio. I have no idea. They haven't done know. anything in the water. Have they done anything in the water? They did that one where like you had to get. It was like a team challenge where they had to swim and a few people had to swim twice and like Kieran swam oh, twice, yeah. Ed swam twice, Jay swam twice. Like Norris yeah, couldn't yeah. get her piece from Ed. the bottom. Ed's the best swimmer this season. You think so? I think Ed's too bulky. I, I would almost, I would maybe ASAF, maybe Emmanuel, uh, or maybe Ed, Jay I mean, would Ed, be. Based off that swimming challenge, Ed, Ed, I remember Ed balled out. Yeah, but he also might have just re- – it might have been one of those, like, the way it was filmed. He might have, like, recognized Norris was struggling and went back early for her or something. He also might have gotten one of the closer pieces first and then went back. I don't know. Ed's body type for me doesn't scream that best swimmer on, on the season. That's true. He's bulky and swimmers typically are lanky. Um, right. And the last the last type of challenge I want to ask is just, like, anything that requires some kind of weird, like, balance. I was going to say uh, a balanced one. Some weird balance and then to me it's just bananas like i think he had that's what actually makes him so good is his balance is unbelievable yep. i don't and then you know, like he's the only person i thought of we could have we could have said like obviously puzzles but i feel like that's talked about all the time um and it's just bananas who or was the was. one that who was the one that took out um wes in the challenge last season where he like gripped him with his whole body oh chris the new the new winner oh yeah chris 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 yeah 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 it's actually kind of a beast. Uh, yeah, he was on. He, that was one of the best challenge performances I've ever seen. He went. He went in like five or six straight uh, eliminations and won, and then won the chat like as a solo with no help. That was unbelievable. He underratedly could give bananas a run for his money in one of those balanced competitions. The dude is explosive and really good. Yeah, I agree. I think. I think he, yeah, he has a chance. If he, like, continues to want to be on the challenge, his personality is a little boring, and, you know, I don't know if they want him back every season. Yep. He has a chance to be, like, a multi-time champion just based off that, especially if he gets more connected socially. He can be really, really good. When you're boring like that, no offense, Chris, but when you're kind of boring like that, Ronnie. When you're boring like that, Gib, and you have a wife or like serious girlfriend outside the, the house that you're loyal to and you're not going to create some television around, it's just like there's almost no winning from the social component. Like what's Chris going to do? Like come in and he's not suddenly going to be very fun to watch on television and he's got a very serious relationship outside the house. So there's very limited upside for Chris in a social game to be like a fun watch. That's true. Um, I don't know. He's got. He's married. He's not going to be like hooking up with Pete. He's not going to cause drama. He's just a like mature guy. Ed has threaded that needle very well this year. Where I, I saw the clip this week of Ed being like, he's got a girlfriend and her child, like her seven year old, that he takes care of, and that he's looking to buy them a house for them three and all these things. And I'm like, 
Ed's been very fun on television while also like not trying to hit on any of the girls and just being a homie with all the guys. But it is really hard to to toe that line and still be fun on TV. Is there, you know, because like I feel like it's it's a challenging day for the challenge because the golden age of the challenge of like when they were able to build characters was through the real world. So they didn't really have to bring in like personalities and so they had all these young people coming in every year and they were like age 22 to like 26 so they were really young not married had nothing just loved to party and get wild but now they like they can't really do that anymore but like those are really fun times when it was like these really young people who didn't have families at home so it could just get absolutely reckless in the crib and we were in an age where going on a reality TV show didn't instantly mean you have a chance to create a brand for yourself, right? Right. Like that's yeah. seemingly everyone's objective now going on to a show is I want to be trying to win this season. I want to be on six to seven more seasons. I'm going to change my Instagram handle to MTV Colleen. And I'm going to, you know, ride this wave of, did you hear what uh, Melissa said in post interviews about Colleen? No, what she said. It came out in interviews this week because Melissa was eliminated last week or whatever that Colleen is uh, gay for pay and said that when Big T came out as bisexual and had her little uh, LGBTQ party moment, uh, yeah, yeah, that that Colleen started to try and get really close with Big T and tried to like get intimate with Big T because she thought that she would get more screen time from it. And that they're like, it's not, it wasn't real that Colleen was, was willing to be gay for pay and create a storyline. If it meant that she would get more FaceTime, this is what Melissa said. And you know, Melissa can run pretty heated and say some wild shit, but this is her talking in interviews post challenge on like podcasts and stuff. That is, well, I did not hear that, but that is wild. If that is true. Uh, selling yourself out like that and like taking advantage of big T. I don't like that at all. Um, all right, back to back to back to the questions. I've always felt this way about eliminations. That they should be randomized. And it shouldn't be like MTV the producers just get to choose whatever the, the freaking um you know, whatever the, the thing is gonna be, right? Like it's gonna be this weird balancing you're putting on fire. There should be some kind of randomization to it. Uh and so after the person is selected right like whoever it is then there's mm-hmm. you know when they had they used to have a wheel but i was like do you think that they should go back to a wheel and randomizing what the final would like the the eliminations would be so does that uh, mean you're that mean when you throw in the person you then quickly find out what the eliminations the challenge the contest is and then you have like the night or the few hours until they get to the actual thing so the players at least one of the people who knows that they're competing is going to know what the thing is, or both people are going to know ahead of time. You'd have to, you'd have to figure that out, but yeah. And then how much more random is it versus just showing up there and seeing it? I just wish there was just someone with sense of like, like if I was on the producer team, it would quickly be like, guys, no one wants, no one wants to watch this elimination Bag bag this one. You know, throw a fucking throw a pole in the sand right now. Everyone would prefer that. Uh, keep it simple. I, I I like I like when they do like the uh, basket in the middle and they have to almost play basketball and and one on one to get there. I just think these 
balance beam axe with these huge structures with fire on it like you think it looks great for tv it's boring to watch like we don't care to watch some fireworks go when a thing gets lit and ignited and then see four out of six ignited and then based on the when they do those types of eliminations it's so easy to tell who's going to win based on the way people are talking the interviews and like the way it's being filmed and the commercial breaks like oh this person just got their fourth so now it's going to commercial break when Darrell got his fourth and caught up to Kyland and it went to commercial break I knew right then and there Kyland gets two more before Darrell gets his fifth this is the closest the moment is ever going to be and now we know who wins so I just think it should be obvious that we should just scrap some of the dumber eliminations but I don't know if that means I would like to see it in a season I don't know if I've ever seen it with the wheel they do a wheel and it's like for me it's like one would be like strength. One would be puzzle. One would be endurance, like something like that. So that's okay. what, you know, that's fair. And then you, then do you choose who gets to go in based on knowing what it is? Cause that would be even better. Right. So say we knew yeah. it was strength, right. Then it's like, Oh, you could go both ways. Like people are either going to try and throw Jay in because they're like, let's just get him out now. Or it's like strength. Let's fucking put Horacio and Ed in there. Or like, let's make this the Horacio versus Kyland week. So like the stronger one wins or like, Oh, it's a puzzle. Like, let's just, just try and get the, the biggest brawn out. They're going to try and it, it, it can get, uh, it can get messy. What do you think about, um, what was I going to say? What, what do you think about the draw? Do you think the three, polls is enough do you think it should just be the main house vote and a chaos poll i think they've set up the draw this season pretty well but the chaos poll is not being pulled enough like obviously devin pulled it because he's the goat of the draw and the goat of creating chaos um but i almost like it's such a cool element to the game which isn't getting used enough it's like the best moment on tv is that draw moment where they choose the wild card but it's a 33% chance and it's happened once in five or six times. So I'm like, ugh, like I wish they emphasized it a bit more. Yeah. I, I, I wish it was emphasized more. I, I mean, there's a 33% chance. I feel like there's a way to get it to automatically happen. Like right now they're having people pull one every time. Like, you know, Kylan stayed in next elimination. What if it's two guys, right? And now you got to pull two of them. Right. And so then it's a two on two, something like that. So like there's ways like I'm, I don't hate how it's set up. I, I do agree. You want more chaos. You, you don't want it to be so like so structured and rigid that it's like the same things happening over and over again. And almost going in isn't even like that scary anymore. Like when you know you're the house vote, you have a 33 percent chance of going in the elimination. Yeah, you're more likely safe than not. Exa- it's, yeah, exactly. I think. I don't always love that. Anything else on the list? Uh, yes. Um, mercenaries, $10,000. Is that the right amount? I feel like that's not enough. I feel, I feel like let's make it. I said, fuck it. Let's make this 25. Let's make this 50. Why are we doing 10,000? It'll be a lot more interesting if it was $50,000. So much more interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting uh, thought process to think it would be way more interesting. Or yeah, like like are are the people rooting for their people to stay in the game that way and and hoping to keep the money yeah. because right now they all want their people to lose for ten thousand dollars. This is the cheapest season of the challenge I've ever watched. 
a $390,000 prize pool and $10,000 in the eliminations. This is like when they have the $1 million prize pool, but then they'll show up to a random event and be like, this one is presented by Burger King. And so the winner is going to get a Burger King meal and $1,000. And I'm like, no one gives a shit about that. Like, we have a million dollars on the other side of this. What are you going to do $1,000 from Burger King for? But um, well, they used to have really cool pri- – like, they, they gave away, like, a motorcycle back – they used to give away some really, like, amazing – way back in the day, some really cool prizes. Up for I, would like to, I would like to see how the strategies and competition level changes. But 10000 it seems relative – it seems enough relative to the overall prize pool. I don't know if the mercenaries would try harder or anything for – you know, I don't think they're going – like, I think they're all going pretty hard. I think they're going hard, too. Uh, but I just think, like – when I'm when they're like, oh, they could take ten thousand out of the prize pot. I'm like, well, that doesn't really seem like that much to me. Like, it doesn't seem like on a, on a grand scale, it doesn't seem that much to me. Then I thought, I was like, what if we make this like double jeopardy? Right, every time you go in, you can you can essentially you're betting on your person to win on your what prize. What if it was pot. like either half of the money's gone or it doubles? Um. I like too, that. Maybe it's too like extreme, that. but like, hey, we can get this to six hundred thousand, or it's back down to one hundred fifty thousand. Like that's a yeah, huge but then it, ring. The only thing is, then it like then it gets harder to double because you're you're a smaller pot, and so when you double it the next time, it would be it wouldn't quite be what it was before. So you'd have to win twice to actually get it back what it once was. So maybe you make it like say a rough like say it's, it's one hundred fifty thousand, right? It's 150,000 on the line. You lose, you lose 150. And now you've essentially it's lost 50%. It's a crazy situation because then they're throwing the best people into the eliminations early because they want them to keep the money and take out the whatever. But they're like living with the results of like if this best player goes home, then you get into the idea like how much is this season becoming skewed in terms of the winner because the mercenaries are taking out really top level people, right? Like, Jordan took out a potential champion. Uh, I forget who Tori took out Melissa. I forget who Casey took out. I think she took out Big T. Uh, you know, but generally, like, when you go against CT inevitably, like, I don't know who that's going to be, but if it's Kylan versus CT, like, that's a shit situation for Kylan to be in, and he's easily one of the favorites right now in the show. So it, it it's interesting to, like, Consider how they're handling all of all of these components. No right answers. Definitely some yeah. wrong answers, though. Yeah, and then the last the last question I had was, and we talked about this briefly last time, but it's like I want to make the daily challenges more matter more because I don't think they matter really at all because everyone's just like we care about the final, we care about the final. Like I will, I will people throw the daily challenge as long as their alliance wins the daily, it's fine. So people are skewing the dailies. Uh, botching it on purpose immediately once red team wins you have ed on blue team being like i think i'm safe the day and because the final is so important i've always thought that the daily challenges need to be connected to the final in some way um and they did that one year they did it they couldn't have butchered it more where they gave people like um grenades if you had one and then you can use the grenades like in the final but the grenades were absolutely useless like they didn't actually do anything but if you made it super super strong like what if you win daily challenges for certain things that impacts you if you make it to the final 
everyone would try a lot harder, and I think that would make it what a if, more interesting balance of getting every, to the final. What if every daily challenge was every daily challenge win throughout the entire season was one minute off your final time? Every win? Yeah. Like, I kind of like that, but I, I'd rather so, it be... Raven, Raven right now would have a four-minute advantage going into the finals. I'd rather it be, like, something like that, but, like, if it's an easy thing, you can you can not eat one of the things, right? Or right. if it's a, like if that. you're carrying a bag, five pounds less. You're still yeah. doing the things, but it's just, it's easier on you. It should be somewhat quantitative to the amount of challenges that you win. Exactly. So if exactly. four out of ten challenges... And one person's won four, and the other person's they all all the other people have won two. Then she has a plus two advantage on everyone. Then she should get two pounds lighter of a bag, or two minutes off her time, or two plates less out of these ten plates that you need to eat. Something like that. I think we should be producers on the challenge. Honestly, we're coming up with fire ideas. Do you think uh, we're getting a season of X's soon? No. No, I don't think. Are, would Jordan and Tori be the best combo for exes ever? Um, or bananas and Mariah. Bananas, Mariah, but also you have to give it up. Uh, who is the Brazilian woman who who got kicked off the show? Uh, Camilla and bananas was a fire. They wanted. They won when they were never at. allowed back. Never. But she, you you said who is the best? Who is the best ever? Like. Exes, yeah, they are reason, on that list. reasonably of who we could watch. She is exiled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as she should have. She should have been exiled when she did that thing to um, Leroy, and ended up winning. That's still it's still infuriating that they let her continue that season, and she ended up winning. Still, why did she get showing. kicked off? What, what was she the final straw? Producer, she hit a producer. Yeah, going on an obscenely racist rant towards Leroy seems a bit worse than like drunkenly trying to like smack a producer. And it wasn't on the season; it was on the uh, Chance for Stars. She did it. I was like, "What? Are, why are you getting so mad on Chance for the Star? This is like for charity. Like, what's be right. better? This like, this is like the two week version. I also think we got insight, and and we'll get out of here soon. Uh, I think we got insight that it's the filming the challenge and making it through the entire challenge is about a two-month personal obligation. Okay. Eight did, you weeks, learn, yeah. did you notice that from the from the thing when they were like, we're halfway? And then I forget who was talking. Was it Michelle and Olivia or, or someone being like, there's one month left of getting through this. Like, if you make it, like, you just have one more month to go and blah, blah, blah. And there's like, you know, 12 people left. So I think we have a, a, a clear idea that it's like challenge day, Elimination day break. Challenge day, elimination day break. And every segment that we get in an episode is probably actually three days. Yeah, I always thought it was I always thought it was around six to eight weeks because if you think about it, the longer that they have this show, producers are incentivized to make it shorter because it costs money to have like to rent the house, to feed them, yep. to have to pay people. So they're incentivized to make it shorter. Uh, but they want to make it seem longer so that it seems like it's a little bit more strenuous to be there. You also realize that TJ drops the halfway mark and you're like, this season has been fucking lit 10 episodes in and we have another 10 episodes coming. This is why this is the best show on television. <laughs> yeah, every, other net, every other Netflix bullshit 
is done in eight to 12 episodes. We're getting 20 deep in season 39 of the challenge. What the fuck? How do we get this such greatness delivered to our screens? I'm still, I'm just excited for whenever season 50 happened. It's going to be the craziest season of all time. Is banana, oh, this will be the last question. Is bananas on season 50? Bananas is going to be the host at season 50. No. TJ's no. going to retire by then. TJ will be retired by then. Bananas will be the host. Is 50 seasons 11 years away? No. Right? Because they do two is two a year, or do they do Challenge USA and Challenge MTV each once? They do. I don't know. It depends. But I, th- I think Bananas is next in line to be the, the host. Do you think that would be good, or do you think that would take away from it? Oh, fucking great. It's like Ken Jennings. I, mean, I, would love to see bananas. I would love to see Bananas as the host and, and in that chair, but losing TJ would suck, and also losing Bananas as a competitor would suck. I know both are inevitable, but I yeah, I think I don't want to be looking forward to it. Fuck. I think, well, TJ's going to retire at some point. Not, not anytime soon, but he's going to retire at some point. Someone's going to take over for him. Yeah. Who is the challenge more, Johnny or T- or TJ? TJ. He's more consistently in it. Interesting. All right, that's going to wrap us up for today. We could talk challenge for three hours. Uh, we'll do it. We'll get another 30 to 40 minutes in next week. Gib, thank you for the time. Good luck this weekend in fantasy football playoffs. I'm going to actually post this show on Monday, so you will already have pretty much known the outcome of your matchup depending on uh if you have any monday night football games but in terms of other content on the schedule i don't know why i'm announcing this because this episode will be posted but i got a nfl podcast to do and i'm skipping dfs content and i will not be doing any dfs breakdowns because we all need a fantasy break if you are eliminated from the fantasy football playoffs gibby doesn't want to talk about dfs when he's got his matchup on the fucking line right now and he's going for the big bucks in our league. So he doesn't want to study the other board and give out tips, but come playoff times, Gib, maybe we'll get back together and we will do some uh, DFS for the uh, NFL playoffs when we have those games going. And all of fantasy is done. We've had a month break to digest and say, okay, I'm over my tough losses. I could play some DFS again. Thank you for the time. As always, peace out. We'll be right back.